This is Conscious Body Movement, the podcast, episode 60 with Ari Gronich, Inefficiency versus Efficiency. You got to become a focus master. You got to get really good at focusing on what you want as opposed to what you don't want. Nothing is easier than losing weight and keeping it off when your body wants to be fit. We don't handle and go after the internal block to stop us, you know, we'll self-sabotage. Conscious. Conscious. Body. Body. Movement. Movement. Hi, everybody. I am Greg Dyer, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Conscious Body Movement, the podcast. Today, uh, this is a you know like a monthly series, basically, kind of loosely that I do with Ari Gronich, and uh, we decided today we're going to sit here and we're going to talk about this. Um, it's kind of an interesting topic. This whole idea of efficiency versus inefficiency, and uh, you know it's kind of fertile ground when I think about it from a mindset standpoint. And I'm really looking forward to Ari, what you've got because you you've been going through uh, some interesting training here in the last. Uh, a few months that uh, have shed some different light on on this. And, and uh, so let's just jump on in and get on this. Ari, thanks for coming on again, brother. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. My pleasure, man. This is fun. Always. So, uh, so, yeah, this topic has been coming up for me a lot because I've been doing the science of getting rich with uh, Tasha Chen. She uh, started the, the Science of Getting Rich Academy based on the book that was written in, uh, I think it was like 1908 or 1910 by a guy named Wallace D. Waddles. And it's literally, um, as he puts it, a scientific uh, formula for getting rich. If you do this, you will get rich. If you don't do this, you will not get rich kind of thing. And uh, at least this is the most effective and efficient way of getting to, to get rich. Uh, it's, it's an interesting philosophy and book. And... <clears throat> one of the things that it brought out is what he says is any efficient action piled upon any efficient action will equal failure a hundred percent of the time while efficient action piled on efficient action will equal success 100 percent of the time the more efficient actions that you can do on top of each other the faster success will happen versus inefficient action so you know kind of do the cycle. And, um, and so how come it's been so profound for me is uh, in my business, I, I've done so much of my business as many of us entrepreneurs do, and we do everything alone. <clears throat> and we have a passion and we have a, a, a genius that is our genius. And when we do everything, we do less of our genius. So we're doing more inefficient actions versus efficient actions and if we just hired out and had other people whose genius it was to do those things do them then we would be assured success and so on a mindset perspective fear is the only thing that i have come up with that stops me from uh, from doing the things that I need to do to create more efficient actions for myself and less inefficient actions, which is hiring people. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge amount of fear. What's the fear about putting out the money, the time, all that training to hire somebody. And so it's been an interesting 
um, journey so far for me. So I'll take get your perspective on it. You know, I'm I'm sitting right about the same spot, and it's funny. I was on another podcast today, kind of talking about a very similar topic. This whole idea of success, and you know, and <clears throat> yeah, you know, it came up. It's like this this catch twenty two spot that you're in as an entrepreneur. It's like, wow, you know, the the efficient thing to do is to hire somebody to do it that'll get it done in about a half a day. What would take you five or six days to do because you don't know how to do it. You know, and I was talking about, you know, I'm, right now I'm, I'm, I'm building this landing page for an ebook, a free ebook that I wrote. And I want to just give the book away to collect emails and get people into my system. And then they're in, you know, they kind of get into the thing. They get my newsletters and stuff like that. And, you know, with, you know, it, the chance to expose. Yeah, share who you are with them. Right. Share who I am. Exactly. And and for that, you know, here's a free ebook, you know, seven tips, um, to, you know, to help follow your bliss kind of thing. And, and you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do it. It's probably going to take me three or four days to figure out how to get this thing right. And whereas if I just paid 150 bucks and had somebody do it, they're done in like 20 minutes probably, you know. And right. it's like, but, you yeah. know, it's like, okay, well then, okay, at this point, where's the money to do that? <laughs> well, look at five. Yeah, you know, here's, well, that's that's where something like Fiverr can come in. Well, have you had like that. have you had good luck with Fiverr? I've had good luck at times, and I've had bad luck at times. Um, however, I've watched my wife, who hires out, who's done a lot of um, of hiring out, and what I've learned from her is that the more specific and clear I am about the description of the job that I am the better re, uh, response I get from the VA community. So if the job is, is to do a landing page and I, the, the, the more specific I can be about what re, the requirements and criteria are, the faster and less problems I'll have getting it done. Hey, those of you that are listening right now, if you've kind of tuned in and listened to this for kind of the normal material that I have on this podcast, uh, we'll get to this. Um, is this isn't going to be just about efficiency versus inefficiency when it's coming to our businesses or entrepreneurship, and we'll kind of branch out and start talking about how this uh, equates to you know whatever else goals that we're, we're or you know targets that we're going after as well. So hang in there, we'll get there. Anyway, um, I just thought I'd kick that in just in case people are going, wow, I don't want to listen to this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so. Um, yeah. I, well, let me give you a teaser. Here, let me give you a teaser for okay. that then. Cool. Okay. So, efficient action piled on efficient action for working out will <laughs> always lead to success for your goal. So, if <laughs> your goal is to build muscle, right, to bodybuild and build muscle, and you do very specific kinds of working out for that, that's efficient action. But if you work out, in a way that is um, the antithesis of the goal. So you can be still working out, but one way of working out is gonna build muscle and the other way of working out is going to cut muscle, right? Right. Or cut size and lengthen and so on. That's the antithesis. So that's inefficient action. So the more of those kinds of things you do, the less success you'll have with the goal. So that's why you wanna train specifically for the goal that you're doing, same thing with injuries, same thing with any of those. You can even take it um, in a different 
space there. And when we think about either the programs that we're going to adopt or if, if God forbid, you're going on some kind of a meal plan or whatever, uh, the efficient thing to do, and this is going to sound kind of counterintuitive based upon this, the efficient thing to do is to give the plan a chance to develop in your for you. Give yourself a chance to kind of learn how your body's going to respond and work with this thing. A lot of times people tend to go, wow, it's a weekend and nothing's happened. I haven't lost any weight, so let me try this diet. And then it's like another weekend, it's like, well, that didn't work. Let me try this diet. And, then, and then, you know, they're, they're hopping from diet to diet to diet and, and coming off of it and back and forth. And I try to help these people. And I'm like, look, we've got to – yeah, exactly. And it – and and I know that sounds kind of counterintuitive, you know, to waste the time. I mean, if you wanted to look at that way, to let this thing develop, let it mature into what it could be. But that's the efficient thing to do. We've got to find out how your body's going to respond to all of this stuff, and that goes with the the workout plans too. I mean, you can't just pull, you know, this bodybuilder's workout plan, throw it in, you know, and do the same thing and think that that's going to, you know. Uh, work right away i mean we've got to fine-tune it for you know who you be who you are and how you're going to respond to it so <laughs> yeah in functional medicine one of the things that that we do is before we prescribe a exercise plan we do all the testing first to see what kind of hormone levels are at, where the endocrine system is in general, um, how the gut's reacting and acting, because how you work out is going to depend a lot um, on on the endocrine system. For instance, if your cortisol levels are too high, you have very certain criteria that of working out, or if you have on the edge of diabetes and so on. So we do all this preliminary action which seems to be inefficient as you're saying because we're doing kind of preparatory things right we're not actually in action of working out which most people think that would be just get into action moving at working out just start moving right. and that would be more uh piling inefficient action on which is counterintuitive just as you're saying well you know the thing is if we throw somebody that's pumping tons of cortisol into their system already and we trash them into something that you know Say we put them in something more like a CrossFit kind of thing that's going to completely trash their their, their uh, central nervous system and everything. That's going to sh you know, sh you know that's going to shuttle more cortisol into into your system. And right. Or like yeah. Or like insanity. Yeah. Right. Whatever the got insanity. Right? Yeah, your, your body's put not ready for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just start putting them through insanity. <laughs> you want to watch the body shut down? <laughs> there you go. All right, so so how does that apply in your world to mindset? God, you know, when I, I was thinking about efficiency versus inefficiency, and there's so much judgment circling around all of that. You know, when you think about inefficiency, we think about things like procrastination, you know, and, and not getting things done and, you know, in a timely manner or waiting till the last minute. Is that efficient? That's, you know, we've, we've made procrastination um, – a negative in our in our in our world, and what I'd like to think about that is in a, in a in a stand. You know, if we're thinking about it from inefficiency versus efficiency, there's a place where we look at. Well, is it quite possible that what is considered procrastination, waiting till the last minute, is that really inefficient, or is that an efficient use of your time? 
Is that when you were going to get it done? And by having that deadline so close, are you going to spend less time doing it, being more efficient with your time and getting it done than if you started like, you know, 10 days earlier and, and you know, kind of drug it all out and get it done. Maybe you're spending five hours on a project you'd get done in an hour and a half if you had the clock right at the end of you, you know? And that's... That's interesting. That's that, an interesting concept, you know? I know um, my daughter being in school, your daughter being in school, right? Uh, they always have assignments and deadlines. And I remember when I was in school, the, the biggest thing about procrastination uh, my teacher said procrastination is a crime. It only leads to sorrow. I could stop at any time. I think I will tomorrow. <laughs> and he said, you'll never, you'll never forget this saying. And of course, I still remember that. But um, <laughs> that's an interesting point. If you procrastinate and you do something in this short of time, now here's the good question. If you were to take that same urgency by putting a deadline, on when it was to get done. So let's say it was due in two weeks, but your personal deadline for it was, I'm gonna have it done by this time. And so you gave yourself that artificial deadline. Would that urgency be the same as when it's actually due? And would it <laughs> no. allow you to get the same kind of efficient action by giving yourself the deadline versus having an outside person's deadline? I think, you know, that's going to be something each person's going to have to, you know, um, learn on their own what works best for them. And I, and I get it. I mean, there are people that just work really well getting things done right away or taking their time and getting it done a little here, a little here, a little here. Um, what I um, have come to teach people or show people is that, look, procrastination is not an evil thing. It's not a negative and we ought to stop looking at it as such. Some people are going it's not going to work for them. I get it. But there's other of us that you know what? That last minute, that's when things are going to get done. Maybe it took all of that time for us to get the, you know, the flow rolling for us and maybe that's when the, the muse is going to hit, bam, and you're going to knock that thing out so fast and have a much better product than if you just kept thinking about it and laboring on over it and you know, it's it's kind of interesting when I when I think about you know, all this equipment that I got in front of me here, this audio equipment that I'm recording on right now. I've got a digital computer. I've got you know I've got you know the computer and a digital digital software and recording process that I have. I can have 200 tracks or more uh, to create songs on, and I have. I've, I've pushed things out like that. I've kind of like recorded something. Go, ah, I might use that. Let me keep it on that track. And you know, you just keep adding up tracks and tracks and tracks and tracks and tracks and tracks. And tracks. And until you get to the end of this whole thing, you got everything on there. And then you got all this time you've got to spend weeding through all that, picking everything, building a, you know, a comp, you know, a compilation track or whatever you're going to do. When back in the day when all we had was tape to record on, we had a finite amount of tracks to record to. We had to make choices, bam, on the fly. We had to produce as we were going. <laughs> so when I look at this, I mean, is it when I was creating music like that, would it was it more efficient back in the days when I was recording to tape? Or, you know, is it is it better now because I can do all this stuff and then I can waste all this time and go, well, I might use that, I might use that. You know, it's like <laughs> that's that. an interesting that's an interesting question. That's like a a choice versus no choice kind of a question or a 
uh, a lot of choices versus a few choices question because um, efficiency, right? If you're at a restaurant and you have a menu that has 300 items on it, and we've all been to restaurants that have 15 pages and have that many items to go through versus one of those restaurants where you go to, they have one page and you have four things that you can choose from. What's more efficient, right? You're going to enjoy your meal the same, but you're probably going to have enjoyed about 10 minutes more enjoying the meal with fewer choices than with massive amounts of choices. Because you won't be spending all the time going, well, I don't know. Do I want this or do I want this? And then you get your meal and you go, ah, well, I should have had the other thing. You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, well, understand? you know, what I mean? it's <laughs> like the more choices that we've created, the more problems we've created, too. Because we've created an, an abundance of confusion as <laughs> to what it is that we should be doing. I mean, how many things now just in social media could we choose from? Or how many modalities of healing work or mindset work or therapy do we have to choose from? Life coaches and business coaches and consultants. <laughs> you know, there's like, <laughs> and which software, which CRMs and which patient software? <laughs> I mean, like, there are so many choices to be made these days when we were young, you had to walk up to the TV and dial, like between I think it was thirteen UH, UH was yeah, it H? Yeah, we had four channels, yeah. you know. You know the you three ma little, three majors and uh, and antennas that you had to <laughs> put aluminum foil on. Now I got five hundred. You get five hundred channels on your cable now. I don't know what the hell I want to watch. <laughs> it's like you end up turning it off afterwards. Like uh, nothing looks good. Where we had to make the choices between, you know, the three majors and PBS and maybe Channel 13 or whatever, you know. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Exactly. You know, when you go back to the restaurant uh, theme and you can take this uh, in any kind of a business sense, when we try to be everything to everyone, is that efficient or inefficient? And if, you know, juxtapose that with doing the thing that you do really, really well and just do that. There's a restaurant in town here that you made me think about this. There's a, a Vietnamese restaurant in town that's actually really pretty popular, and I've gone there once or twice, and I don't really particularly care for it. They're kind of, the food's kind of salty, but they got one of those menus. I swear there's 150 things on the damn menu, and I'm like, and some of the variations, there's just, I mean, it's a difference between what vegetables are in the thing, and it's like, Come on, man. <laughs> and then, you, you know, you go to another restaurant like this. I've got this great pho place over here, and it's like there's maybe 10 things on the menu, you know? Some mm -hmm. pho and then some taco, some Vietnamese taco thing. And, <laughs> you know, I was like, this is great. I don't have to labor over the menu forever, you know? And the other part of that is, is if you're a business like that and you're trying to train, you know, the constant rotation of, you know, staff that's there on everything that's on your menu you're constantly in training mode because let's face it i mean the restaurant business man that, that the turnover rate is just is really quite high i mean people just get sick of it you're paying them you know a minimum wage those people don't stick around very long so why would you want yeah, to teach them 150 things all the time extra merchandise do they have to keep in a freezer right 
It could go that way with any of the businesses that we have. You know, if you and I are thinking about this in terms of, let's say, my landing page or you know, landing page that you want to create, and we get onto Fiverr and we're looking for a virtual assistant to help us build this website, you know, or this, you know, whatever it is that we're doing. How many items are we going to put on there? We're going to put all our T-shirts. We're going to put, you know, all the different supplements that we sell. We're going to put, you know, the books that we've written, eBooks, the courses, and everything else. You got this page that's like. God, you're scrolling forever, looking through all this stuff. And I mean, how many people are going to stop and do all that? A little overwhelming. Yeah. Especially with the attention span being around three seconds these days. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, MTV. <laughs> Maybe that's efficient. We're being very efficient on our time. It's like, you know what? This is, I, I can figure this out in about two seconds. I don't need to. Look through the whole thing. I don't yes. want this. I want this. English know? has shrunk into letters, right? OMG, LOL, LMFAO. Well, <laughs> sometimes I wonder if that's efficient or not because I, there's sometimes I don't even know what the acronyms are. What does that mean? Well, that's 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 because you know you're. I know. You're in the, I know. The I know. <laughs> I'm 49 years old. I didn't grow up with all of these. <laughs> we didn't say LOL, you know, when we we're. When we were kids, you know, we said something like, hey, know, that's pretty funny. You're going to have quite an education with, with that oh, daughter no. of yours because she's going to come and bring to you all of the slang. She already is. You know, she's eight years old, you know. Of course she's going to bring Wait till she's 12. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 or 16. Woo. 16. Yeah. yeah. Well, so... Yeah, from a, you know, from a mindset perspective, this whole efficiency versus inefficiency thing. I was thinking about some other parts of this, and you know, it, I find that taking the time to do things like you know, the ten fifteen minutes to meditate in the morning, for example, some people might look at that as an inefficient use of time. I could use that ten fifteen minutes to be getting ready, get in the car, get to work, or whatever. Or sleeping a little bit longer. So stopping to meditate is an inefficient use of time. But if you look at it from the standpoint, things like meditation or visualization or gratitude practice or whatever, to take the time to do those things, the quietness that, that now you're afforded when you, when you begin to do this on a regular basis and the connection that you create, you'll begin to hear the possibility is much faster than if you're just used to all the clutter in life. You know, the radio, the TV, the cars, the chat, the constant talk, and, you know, the head trash that you're going through, the constant loop of, of conversation that you have in your head because, you know, sitting quiet is just, nobody can do that. That's, that's a waste of time. You guys. Nobody has time to meditate. But well, I think that that's an efficient way to use your time, though. Yeah, and my question to your question is is it better to meditate with a focus and a purpose or to mentally masturbate with all the crap in your head all the time with no purpose and no focus because you're daydreaming all day long about the stuff that you're thinking about in your head all the time so which is well, better you're, you're kind on, of you're, on your level right to meditate is more efficient because it's stopping some of the other chatter that takes way more time than the focused meditation. Well, a focused meditation, I'd kind of consider that more of a visualization as we're looking at creating 
you know, something in our mind with that time. Whereas a meditation, um, it's a chance to just stop the chatter. Or if, it might be one of those things where to sit with the chatter in your head for a chance to give it a chance to kind of mature in your head without throwing it away when all of a sudden the chatter pokes at something that's really tender it's like, I don't want to think about that. So we go and find the TV, click, and turn it on so we don't have to think about what that thought just brought up. But if we spent the time in that space, what would that now do for us and get a chance to kind of simmer down the heat that's kind of growing up underneath us in that thought and that energy of it and the emotions and the feelings that are around it? When that stuff is trapped in there, and Ari, you know this because you deal with these people, and, and, and you'll find the energy in your body stopping things, changing the way the organs work, changing the way your body works, joints will ache, your body might put on weight because of the stuck energy, because we're not taking the time to work that out. So what's more efficient? I don't know. Well, um, sit with you know, that. Sit with that. That really kind of uncomfortable thought. And let you know, let it work through. Yeah, I mean, you know, the most uncomfortable thing is sitting in your pain. Sure. Right. Sitting in the pain. Sitting in the pain. Sitting in the pain. It's the most uncomfortable thing, and that's mental pain as well as physical pain. Right. We we run from it. Yeah. In our society, pills, 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 pills galore. Pills for pain, pills for pain, pills for pain. All kinds of them. Sure. All kinds of them that work on all kinds of different kinds of receptors in your body. Because we, as a society, have a real struggle with pain. I have a friend who's a, he's a PhD uh this guy had a surgery and he um, did the entire surgery under hypnosis with no um, direct painkillers. And uh, he's like studied this in mindset and has clinical trials and all kinds of stuff like that using hypnosis instead of painkillers. But it takes getting the mindset to be okay with the pain for the pain to dull, the pain sensors to dull naturally. But yeah, that's like the biggest thing. So if we're doing everything that we possibly can to avoid pain and our body registers most sensation as pain, like driving fast, that fast across your eyes is registered as a little bit of pain, right? The sounds, the white noise everywhere, the buzz from the electricity, all that stuff is registered. So if your body's constantly trying to avoid pain, how efficient is it gonna be at functioning optimally? That's good questions. The thing that I've, you know, and you and I've talked about this and I've, I've certainly talked about it on the podcast before is just you know how I've seen in the clients that come to me and they're looking for something specific they want to feel comfortable in their bodies for the most part they want to look good and feel good about it and uh, what I've what I've seen though is that 
it's a pain that's stuffed down deep inside that they're they're you know they're most of the time they're not ready to look at they're not ready to take take on head on they they you know stick it way way down and it comes out the energy comes out and it and i i see it showing up as weight gain i see it showing up as disease and you know i was talking with um with another guy today about this um and this whole idea how we have villainized uh, therapy or going to see a therapist or a, a psychiatrist or a psychologist and spending the time doing that. We look at that as a standpoint that there's something wrong with me. I have to go see the therapist or there's something wrong with that guy. He's going to see a therapist. <laughs> you know, and, they, and we've made it such a, a negative thing that nobody wants to see the, you know, a therapist. They don't want to do that at work. They don't want to see that person to help them through that particular pain. You know, it's more like I don't need to see anybody and I'm not screwed up in the head. You know, there's nothing wrong with my brain. There's nothing wrong with the way I think, you know. Meanwhile, I mean, they're 45, 50 pounds overweight and the belly's hanging over their belt and all that stuff and they're hard. It's, you know, it's, un, it's uncomfortable to watch them move, let alone what they must be feeling trying to move. Or, you know, whatever. They're, they've got some other ailment going on and it's like, what if we shifted this whole thing, and this is, you know, could be an efficiency thing too, away from villainizing that work into more of like, hey, you know what? That person's stepping into courage to go do the inner journey and work on themselves and growth. Because seeing a therapist is not because something's wrong with you. It's because you want to grow. How well, more? You want to grow gently. Huh? It's, it's grow gently. Right. <laughs> But it's growth. You know. what, I mean, how much more efficient can we get than that with our time? Well, you know, an entire industry was born because of the fear of the therapist, right? That industry was called life coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Thank, <laughs> this is, thank you, Tony Robbins. You know, th thank you, Tony Robbins. People were were so, as you said, villainized. Um, the entire uh, psychiatric industry was all about the white coat holding you in, yeah. you know, padded room. Right. And so an entire industry was villainized that way. And so we had to have some kind of transition away from this societal thing. So, you know, when you say I've got my life coach, people don't have the same issues when you say I'm going to my therapist, right? Right. I'm going to see my, my life coach. I'm, I'm going to my business coach, my mentor. They don't have that same issue as therapists. Sure. So and that entire industry was born because of that fear and that stigma of, the white coat industry. Sure. Hmm. What other thoughts you got about uh, efficiency? Uh, huh? Kind of funny, huh? <laughs> you know, I, I, I have to agree with you, but you know, I wonder if there's, you know, if the life coaching industry has been around long enough now, it's starting to get its own stigma. It is, yeah. which is why people are moving away from that into consultants yeah. and into mentorships, right? So I'm a consultant and I'm a business, I'm a life consultant. I have heard that before. I'm a mindset master. 
<laughs> so anything you know, you call something something long enough, we've got to we've got to end up changing the name. It's like um, I think high fructose corn syrup just got their okay yes. to be called natural uh, sweetener. So you know they they had a stigma about being high fructose corn syrup because you know they cause diabetes and kill people. Yeah, and so. Um, because of that stigma, they figured that they'd call themselves natural sweeteners since they come from corn. They must be natural. And so uh, now that they're natural sweetener, nobody will know that they're going to still cause diabetes and kill people. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not going to last very long. There's enough of yeah. us speaking about it out here. so. But um, You think so, but I, I live in the South. <laughs> Dude, I I don't know that I got this feeling that the South really didn't care about high fructose corn syrup either. <laughs> Not so much. No, I didn't care. So what? I got my two liter bottle of Mountain Dew. I don't care. What do I yeah. need? To, what do I need to be in shape for? I don't mean to villainize that either, but I do find it interesting the difference between the um, the areas that we grow up in and how. Um, movement or whatever or health is just perceived differently and i don't have an answer for what that is but. it's just a matter of if you're in a big city then you're where technology lives and breathes if you're in a smaller town it takes a while to get it out to you kind of thing you know it's it like it's, it's just it's just it's just a matter of time right big cities grow fast smaller towns grow slow Sure. No big deal. I mean, it's not. But you know, not a, uh, I kind of come no to judge. when we think about in terms of um, um, food. It seems to me that the big cities we tend to have more, um, you know, fast foods, more f food-like substances available to eat. Where you know, the smaller the town, closer to you know, people growing their own food and eating eating that, but. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Pluses and minuses. I guess that depends because, like, I, I've been to Denver, your town, which is a big town, and there's so many places to get organic and locally grown and, lo you know, local organic food. Yeah. And where I'm at, you know, I've been told even at the farmer's market, markets here, uh, locally grown and locally sprayed because that's just, you know, there, it's, it's much more difficult to find organic locally where I am. There's, I think, a two or three farms that, that actually do have some things that are organic here. But um, like when I was in LA, I can go to any number of farmer's markets on any number of days and I had organic food uh, by the plenty at fairly reasonable prices. So that's just a, that's an efficiency too, right? It's efficient for a big city to provide because it's condensed into one place well small towns are typically they're small towns but they're over large acreage large distances so it's less efficient you know it takes you 10 minutes to get to a grocery store instead of five walking <laughs> in a city could be that huh anyway just a thought i mean you know i'm making it up as i go along kind of like you are it's so. like this whole podcast you know <laughs> You know, though I I like it, and I think there's been some good points brought up um, today. Today, Ari, I think there's some good things that people can and we can take away from this. You know, so 
Got anything else? Yeah. Got anything coming no, up? What's, think, what's coming no, up on the horizon I, for you? I think, uh, oh, coming up, let's see. I'm going to be in Chicago in uh, January, January 20th. I'll be there teaching uh, Performance Therapy Academy Level 1 and 2. So anybody who might be in the Chicago area who'd be interested in up-leveling your skill set and, um, and getting your continuing education credits, you can contact me at info at performancetherapyacademy.com. Cool. So I'm going to do, be doing that, and I'll be hanging out with you a little bit in uh, in Colorado in February, in the middle of snow season, I've been told. <laughs> that, there's a lot. She's making an awful lot about that. <laughs> it's could probably be fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah I'm looking good. forward to that. You and I are going to uh, put a, an event together uh, that particular weekend as well. So, um Let's make sure that we get the word out about that as soon as we've got that put together. I, that should be an awful lot of fun. Uh, lots of Absolutely. great things. Absolutely. And I'll be, um, I'll be setting up sessions with uh, at Suzanne um, Ecker's studio, and I think it's Littleton. Okay. And so I'll be setting up one-on-one sessions. So they're, they're two to $500 uh, per session. And there's no time limit on those sessions. They're as long as you need anybody with either emotional release work that they need done or injury, you know, repair, prevention, those kinds of things. I'll be setting up uh, pre, you know, pre-booking three days at her place while I'm there. Fantastic. So, yeah, be fun. So I get some healing going on. I've got a couple things coming up as well. I will do a mindset of a matter. Uh, education, um, that education program, I'll be teaching that in, in, in January as well at the gym that I train at. So um, somewhere around the middle of January. I've got to pick the date yet, but I'll have that up. And then also at January 27th, I will be doing my first um, Follow Your Bliss workshop. So that's a six-hour workshop in person and in, in a beautiful facility. This should be an awful lot of fun. I've, I just fixed... Um, we're going to have food. We'll have it catered, so that'll be part of the deal. And uh, I'm going to have a couple different people come in also and speak on the different topics that I have in, in my modules from my workbook, um, giving their perspective on things too. So it's not just going to be six hours of Greg Dyer. <laughs> It'll be some other great information too. So, uh, And then, uh, you know, we'll see where that grows from. And I think what Ari and I will end up doing is some kind of variation out of that and, then, you know, between the two of the things that we do. So... Uh, February we'll have that, and um, I'm looking forward to it, brother. Yeah, maybe we'll even do a podcast while we're there. Oh, wow. Why would we want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude, I love having you on, man. Absolutely, my friend. It's fun to be on. I'm glad to do this with you, and uh, and I look forward to seeing you in a couple months. Uh, you too, my friend. So thanks for coming on. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening this time. I appreciate you, you guys taking your time to, to listen to this. And, uh, you know, check out down below. I'll have all the information, how to get a hold of Ari and, of course, myself uh, to check into the different things that we've got going on that we just mentioned and, you know, anything else that, that's coming down the pipe because we're constantly creating new stuff. So, um, hey, I will talk to you next time. If you would like to learn more about me, Greg Dyer, you can check me out on my website, ConsciousGreg.com, or go to Facebook and check out the Conscious Body Movement page. I've also got a book out now, 
It's called Follow Your Bliss, A Guide to a Powerful Mindset. It's a pretty fun little book that I've written with a whole lot of questions and some really cool awarenesses, plus some things that I've thrown in that I've learned all these years as a personal trainer that just can add and enhance and lead us to bliss and embodiment. You can find my book at Amazon.com and just look up Follow Your Bliss. Thank you for joining me today. I am Greg Dyer, and this has been Conscious Body Movement, the podcast.